fake, fake, fakety fake. Hi, I'm Jody. And I'm Vienno. And welcome to Imperial News, where I spend my whole week listening to the far-right podcast Rebel News and talk about being defamed on Twitter with my friend Vienno. Hell yeah. How are you? I'm tired, um, but otherwise okay. It's just kind of, I don't know, don't think I had enough caffeine today. That's That's the big thing. How are you? I am also tired, but I'm going to keep those energy levels up. <laughs> See, Jody's capable of faking it. Um, uh, this for is the audience, like... whereas like, I think that I have the kind of like the realness type of thing where like the audience would be able to tell that I was lying. The realness is I got a college certificate in the theatrical arts. And would I just exactly. throw that money away? Or will I <laughs> use it to my advantage while recording uh-huh. the podcast? See? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, of I'll course. also use it to my advantage to get those uh, $10,000 paid actor uh, protest gigs that they're always talking about, you know? I can, like, get into that character very easily, you know? Yeah, they're going to hire you for January 6th Part 2. And we will talk about that by the end of the show, but I think there will be more Fuck. of that to come. January 29th, the Canadian January 6th? We'll see. <laughs> and if you're confused about that, stay tuned to the end of the show. Literally, I don't think anybody would notice if Ottawa fell. <laughs> if Ottawa just got like wiped off the map, I, don't, I think it would take like a solid week for anybody to notice. Probably. I mean, I like, it's funny, it's, like, the capital of Canada, and it's it's got almost the same amount of population as London. It's slightly bigger. Maybe a couple hundred thousand more, but not, not much more than that. I think it's, like, six or seven. Its metro might be, like, over eight, though. Whereas, like, our metro just is at five. There you go. Bye-bye, Ottawa. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. You will not be missed. Um, Parliament Hill will just be called that hill over there. what else do i say to that hello my rebels hello my rebels i'm a good boy i'm a weirdo now this is the week of january 17th to january 21st and would you know it that over the weekend some drama occurred? No, I didn't. <laughs> now listen, this is the most inconsequential and not important drama, but it's important enough for Ezra to cover it for the entirety of, uh, or at least the, the first half of the January 17th show. And that is, there's this individual, his name is Nathan Stahl. And Nathan Stahl is an Ontario Liberal candidate for the writing of St. Paul. And he put out a tweet claiming that over the weekend, he was harassed by a Rebel News employee at a farmer's market. Nathan also happens to be a medical doctor, so cool. And he also served on Ontario's COVID-19 science advisory table. So that is kind of why I guess he's being pursued by harassers but we will leave it up in the air right now whether was he telling the truth was it indeed rebel news that harassed him 
or was it somebody else? Was it David? Like, was, was it, like, somebody very <laughs> obvious? If it was a Rebel News employee, it probably would have been David. But we'll... <laughs> so we'll, we'll just leave it at that, see if you're right in a bit. But uh, before Ezra divulges uh, who harassed who or whether it was true, he begins by wanting to talk about Bill C-3. I don't know how, like, popular Bill C-3 was in terms of... Uh, the publicity it got, but like I don't recall it being talked about at all that much. Have you ever heard of Bill C three? No, but I always get the numbers mixed up. So if you tell me what it was, then maybe. But like just by the name, I hate I hate that naming structure. I can never remember which one's which. I mean, there's that, and they often like shove a whole bunch of things together. So Bill C three had to do with a lot of stuff regarding, I guess, healthcare workers. So it included things like paid leave. Uh, and things that were relevant to the the pandemic in terms of helping them do their jobs better, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, however, it also contained a segment uh, to amend the criminal code. Uh, and what they wanted to amend was to make it a criminal offense to impede healthcare workers. And that's the part that Ezra kind of wants to focus on. So yeah. it, ha it has this additional piece to it saying you can't harass or impede or block healthcare workers from carrying out their job, basically. Mm -hmm. So, it, like, because I remember this was, like, quasi-talked about, but I didn't even realize that the bill actually passed, and it is now law in Canada as of December. <laughs> it is... I don't know. The way that, like, the pandemic has been used to push through some things, like, when during the same period, like... You've seen, like, you know, there's still, like, ongoing sterilizations of Indigenous women and, like, um, a number of Indigenous women, like, died in Quebec hospitals and, like, you know, everything like that. And it's just, like, I don't know. I don't like these laws either, but also for a very, very different reason that I'm sure Ezra dislikes them. Yes. Like, it, it just weirds me out in that sense. I don't like it either, and we can get to that in a second, because... Uh, First to like just flush out like Ezra's arg his argument against it, and his mm. argument is like very similar to other arguments he's had against uh, other bills. So he's like, we don't need Bill C three because like impeding or harassing or intimidating healthcare workers. There's already laws on the books for intimidating and harassing anyone. So why do you need this additional law? It seems a bit redundant. Mm -hmm. Now, he's kind of correct. The only difference is that what this amended to the uh, criminal code was that doing this to healthcare workers would give you additional penalties. And the reason why this was argued in the House of Commons, so again, this is the, the liberal government that was making this argument, was that the police were not using existing law to go after individuals who were obstructing and intimidating healthcare workers. So the idea was you create this thing that'll have additional penalties, and then this was somehow supposed to make the police more motivated to actually do something about it. God. And like... The fucking liberals, <laughs> like, that is just such a, like, it's like means testing protecting healthcare workers. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, the cops won't do their jobs, so we gotta create more incentivization for the cops to do their job. Um, 
I, I mean, yeah, it, like, like fuck police. <laughs> it's yeah. just like everything. Yeah, uh, like the one thing I will say, like I I fully understand, like at the base, the sentiment that's going on here, which is like, yes, we have a bunch of kooks that are going around like yelling at healthcare workers because they think that vaccines are gonna somehow like give their children mind control with five G or whatever. So it's like, I get I get the underlying motivation. It's just like. I this seems like such a weird roundabout way to dealing with it <laughs> mm-hmm. where it's like I don't like I don't know I, there's probably better ways is, is all I can think of I don't I don't know what the better way is it's just like I'm not convinced by this way <laughs> yeah it, it's just such a weird like way of getting around the problem without actually addressing it either yeah but Ezra, of course, wants to make a show of this, so he's really focused on the fact that it's redundant. And he goes on this rant where he goes and reads all the sections of the criminal code on intimidation. And I'm I'm not going to play the entirety of the clip where Ezra's reading every single subsection of the intimidation <laughs> oh <laughs> section of the criminal code. Uh, that, of course, would be boring, but he does end on subsection G, which is about impeding traffic. And he says a, a few things that I, f- I found interesting, so. Blocks or obstructs a highway. I like that last one. Yeah, you might recall a couple years ago how railway lines and highways were constantly being blocked by environmental extremist groups and the police literally did nothing. Same with the eco-sabotage of logging or oil patch places. But my point is, it's been against the law for a very long time to harass people or stalk people or intimidate someone. I just, I mean, that criminal code provision has a lot of examples, right? But there is a move about to expand this dramatically, to capture things that heretofore have been simply called healthy debate. But healthy debate is an old-fashioned concept now. Now the default response by the left is no debate. The reason why I want to play that is so he he's reading intimidation, and it, it strikes him like, oh, impeding traffic is intimidation so therefore all these protests that were like in favor of like the Wet'suwet'en or Black Lives Matter that were impeding traffic they're all bad protests and breaking the law and the police weren't doing anything about it famously the cops did nothing yeah you know now that's the thing the cops obviously did something and uh but there's like another issue at play here which is that it's a matter of like strategy for the police, right? And like, you know, you got to put yourself in their hell, their headspace. Just like they have discretion on whether or not to pursue someone from harassing a healthcare worker and like charging that person with harassment, they have discretion about like whether or not they want to go into a crowd of like maybe thousands of people and start picking them out and like arresting them all for this like minor fraction of the criminal code, right? So they mm. they make they make choices. And so it's like I I get I think what Ezra is trying to say is like they should just be rounded up. <laughs> yeah, no, I think so. <laughs> but of course like uh yes, arrests have been made. I don't know if uh you know it's I don't know exactly how the law works such that like are they maybe the police will go after higher offenses for people and they don't really care about like maybe these lower offenses or it might be harder for them to argue that in the court because we also have the right to protest. And so there's conflicting issues here that like would have to get worked out in the law that uh, the police will have to maneuver within, right? Mm-hmm. 
But then there's also the easy, like, hypocrisy gotcha, which is, like, Ezra's been marching around with fucking groups all <laughs> since the pandemic start, blocking traffic, while, and, like, yelling at healthcare workers, doing, <laughs> you know, it's it's not like the right wing. The right wing currently has a trucker convoy thing that we, like, were joking about before we started that, like, is impeding traffic as it's on its way to, to uh, like... Imagine how many harassment charges David Menzies would have if just the regular, like, if the regular criminal code, like, harassment things were enforced on literally every case of that. Menzies has definitely impeded a lot of things. (laughs) Just, just that one time he went to the LCBO, like, that would have been, like, 10 counts of harassment type of thing. Exactly. He also ended he ended there on the whole like censorship thing. And I I wanted to bring something up just briefly because for some reason that end there about how like, you know, the the left now is all about censorship, he uses that as a way of somehow talking about Joe Rogan and about how like mainstream media wants to censor Joe Rogan. And I, it's weird because I feel like that's the first time he's ever mentioned Joe Rogan on the show. And that, like, uh, worries me somewhat. I'm just yeah. like, he he seems to be wanting to, like, branch out into that uh, and get some of Joe Rogan's. Because he, he mentioned Joe Rogan. He's got 11 million followers. And it's like, he wants <laughs> he wants a bit of that clout. So uh, He's so unsubtle sometimes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that, it, like, I... It's interesting, James Lindsay was on Rebel, and we covered it last week, and literally, like, two days after we did our show, James Lindsay was on Joe Rogan, and I was like, this is kind of gross, because some people are going to be searching for James Lindsay after the Joe Rogan interview, and probably landing on the Rebel interview, and I'm like, that's not good either, you know? So Great. Yeah. Can't wait for six months into 2022 when everything converges. But now we get to it, okay? We finally get to the main story. So why is he talking about intimidation? Why is he talking about harassment and the criminal code and all this? And his worry is that, for one, the government is going to crack down on the right wing with this, uh, which is why it's focusing on the healthcare workers. But then he also wants to say, there's this guy. His name is Nathan Stahl. And Nathan Stahl lied about us harassing him. So... <laughs> I'll play you the clip of what Ezra says, and then we will get into, I guess, how correct Ezra is. I called him out on it on Twitter. This is what I said after I talked to everyone on our team. I said, this is a defamatory lie. It did not happen. I personally checked with every Rebel News staffer today. No one interacted with you in any way. No one was at a farmer's market. Most of my staff have never heard of you. Please delete this falsehood, you untrustworthy liar. I was mad, so I said it again because he wasn't deleting it. I said, you wicked liar. I've just checked with every single Rebel News staff member. No one interacted with you today. No one went to a farmer's market. Most of my class staff have no clue who you are. Retract your defamation and apologize, or we'll sue you on Monday morning. I went at it a bit, and here's what the little liar finally wrote in reply. He said, please speak with Rosemary Fry. Here is her Rebel News article covering my work on COVID-19 vaccines And then he linked to this story from five months ago. Huh? Rosemary Fry? She doesn't work for us. Never has. And that story, it was our reporter 
Tamara Ugolini interviewing Rosemary Fry. She's just a person we interviewed five months ago. We've done 30,000 videos in our time. We've spoken to thousands of people. They don't work for us. They're not Rebel News reporters, which he specifically said actually twice. He's not that dumb to think someone we interviewed five months ago is a Rebel News reporter. He just thought he could get away with that lie. And by the way, he's such a liar, I don't believe he even had an interaction with her in any event. But so what? The lie was out there. And even after I called him on his lie, he let it stand for hours more. So hundreds and thousands of people could see it and retweet it. It was a hoax, like Jesse Smollett. He invented a hate crime, but it was a lie. He was the hater. <laughs> he was the hater. <laughs> so he compares what this, uh, this Nathan guy did to Jesse Smollett, which I think is hilarious. Uh, what all this guy did was say that a, a Rebel News employee harassed him at a farmer's market. So, as I mentioned, uh, as mentioned by Ezra, sorry, Nathan was actually harassed by a woman named Rosemary Frey. So it was not David Menzies. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Rosemary is an anti-vaccine activist who's been a guest on Rebel News, as Ezra said. And uh, she was interviewed by Tamara Ugolini. Ironically enough, on this Rebel News clip, which was from August 26, 2021, Tamara and Rosemary were talking about Nathan Stahl on the show, and they imply that he is lying when saying that people are not dying uh, from vaccines. So that's what they're talking about on the show. So I'm going to play that clip now just to sort of like highlight the, the kind of way Rebel was already talking about Nathan Stahl prior to this incident where he accuses them of uh, harassing him. Uh, something that's quite alarming is when there's a Q&A towards the end of his video. And one of the questions is, does the, do these shots, these vaccines, as they call them, um, do they increase risk of death in the elderly? And he says, no, there's no evidence for that. And he says, well, if, if elderly people die after getting the vaccine, it means it was because it was their turn to die. A lot of the residents die because of natural causes. And if you went and vaccinated a lot of individuals, some of them would die because it was their turn and they happened to get a vaccine. It wasn't caused by the vaccine. And we've seen across the world that there is no indication that older people are dying from the vaccine. And you and I know you've dug into it and I've dug into mm -hmm. it. And there's a lot of big questions of what happened to long-term care homes. And in fact, in the Quebec Commission, looking into what happened in long-term care homes, they, they it came out that people were getting, they were getting morphine and, and getting basically killed. And mm -hmm. and yet here we have the trusted local official, Dr. Nathan Stahl, saying, no, there's nothing to see here. Um, it's their turn if they die. And we also know that the chief coroner for Ontario, Dr. Dirk Heyer, um, he is also in charge of the vaccine rollout, and uh, you know I, I've written about it. And um, so obviously it's a conflict of interest. If he wants everybody to get vaccinated early and often, he's not in a hurry to say that anybody has died. And so indeed we have the same message from Dr. Stahl saying no, there's no indication that people are dying from the vaccine when they're especially in the elderly. And if they did, it's because they died with the vax, not from the vax. So they don't like explicitly say it here, but they are suggesting that uh, uh, that Nathan is lying, that the vaccines are in fact uh, killing people, and that the only reason that he thinks that the vaccines aren't killing people is because he has a conflict of interest with uh, the vaccine distributors or some shit like this. Yeah. 
she also mentions the Quebec uh, long-term care home incident where they used morphine uh, because they didn't have anything else to treat the COVID patients with. As if that's a sign of, I, I don't know, like vaccines are doing harm or something. Like, I don't, I don't know why you have to bring that up. I really love the so-called, or vaccines, if that's what they're calling them or something yeah. like that. Like, what, <laughs> what was that? Like, because they're not, they're just killing you. They're not really vaccines. <laughs> yeah, they're just, it's an air syringe that they put into your blood and then you explode because of it. Now, if you listen to what Nathan Stahl said in that clip, he clearly was just like, some people will die, and just because they happen to die after getting a vaccine does not mean that the vaccine caused that death, which he is yeah. correct in saying that. Like, <laughs> that's, that is, that is true. And, uh, you know, I, I take it that the medical doctor, who was at least uh, proficient enough to be on some medical body dealing with the pandemic, might know a little more than, uh, I think this person, Rosemary, I think she has a degree in microbiology or something like this, but I, I don't know. So I guess technically, <laughs> technically this Nathan guy was wrong, right? And uh, Ezra said that his lawyers uh, sent Nathan a letter demanding he post a tweet retraction or else they were going to see him in court. And I went on to Nathan uh, Stahl's Twitter page, and he does have pinned to his uh, Twitter feed an apology tweet saying that he mistook Rosemary Fry for being a rebel employee when she was just a guest on their show. Yeah, she was just a friend of the of the <laughs> Who happened to talk about him when they were on the show. And then she yeah. proceeded to harass him at a farmer's, was allegedly harass him at a farmer's market. I also don't know if uh, just because Nathan has posted this on his Twitter feed, I don't know if they've worked out an arrangement between their lawyers or if Ezra is still planning to pursue this or not. I don't know. So this could be an ongoing legal claim or uh, that this could be the end of it. Right. However, uh, I, I do think it's still kind of messed up that Ezra seems to have no problem. And he, and he even mentions like doesn't mention this at all in his show, but he seems to have absolutely no problem with the fact that they actually platform this uh, Rosemary person to spout this nonsense. And uh, and then eventually she goes on to allegedly engage in harassment. Ezra has no problem with that. <laughs> no, what's uh, wrong with that? <laughs> he has no control over their guests, you know? It has yeah, nothing okay. to do with anything that might have been talked about or any rhetoric that, you know, Rebel News engages in. It's just, it's a coincidence, if anything. We, we can at least, at the very least, use this as a uh, cautionary tale that Ezra is pretty litigious. And if you have a large platform, be careful with what you say, because he will try to go for you. Now, like, part of me is like, does like this Nathan guy... Have a case. I mean, like listening to what Ezra said earlier, Ezra was like claiming almost like he had a kind of like uh, willful desire to mislead and he purposefully did it to lie about Rebel. And I think yeah. it's probably an honest mistake. I don't think it was some sort of like, you know, nefarious plot by Nathan Stahl. But that's leaning like a little beyond the opinion space for Ezra to make those claims. So Nathan might have a claim against Ezra if you want to keep the, the defaming circle alive, you know? Yeah. I don't I don't think I don't think so, but like also 
yeah, it's all just like... I don't even know if Rebel would have a claim. Like, I don't know if that reaches the level of, like, defamation if you're like, one of your employees harassed me, and then they're like, they weren't my employee, and it'll be like, oh, I fucked up, sorry. Like, is that... Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it's all just so stupid, and we need some, like, better anti-slap laws in this country. 100%. At least that's that's where we can end this uh, little drama segment on. I well, I guess the the final final note is uh, even though we seemed somewhat supportive of Nathan Stahl through this piece, I would still say uh, vote Jill Andrews instead. <laughs> I like her better. I've met her. Uh, she seems cool. She's already she's the incumbent. I guess she uh, was elected as the NDP represent representative of uh, Saint Paul. And I've met her at conventions and other things, and she seems nice. She seems nice. Which, uh, you know, no no offense to Nathan Stahl, but... <laughs> but he is a liberal. That's... <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the if end. If you wanted to be called nice on the show, you shouldn't have joined the liberal party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, he was so close. <laughs> yeah. So close. That's okay. I'm sure he's saving lives and whatnot as a doctor. So, like, what... <laughs> In the interview segment of this episode, Ezra interviews this True North employee. So remember, True North is the same company with Andrew Lawton. So, like, lots of frequent uh, get, uh, host crossovers, I guess. Yes. And this time they have on this guy uh, he's been on before. His name is Cosmin Zerza. And I guess uh, Cosmin has written an article for the True North complaining that the CBC is funding a documentary that's produced by what they refer to as an anarchist. Hell yeah. Now this an- <laughs> this anarchist is named Franklin Lopez and the okay, film yeah. do you know him? Uh, I know of him. Like I think I follow or followed him on Twitter. Uh he was present at I think he's present at one of the raids at Wet'suwet'en I think. And, like, he covers a lot of, like, really cool indigenous stuff. Awesome, yeah. That's the guy that I'm thinking of. No, it's it's likely him. So the film that he's tentatively producing is called Yinta, and it's about the CGL pipeline and the wet sweat okay, yeah. resistance. And uh, Ezra and Cosman's main complaint seems to be that Franklin's uh, own company, which is called Sub.media, has produced content on their Vimeo page with uh, titles such as Oil pipelines are easy to shut down. <laughs> and I, I went and watched this video, okay? It's kind of cute. Mm-hmm. It plays like cute music, and it just shows activists walking up to like... Uh, have you seen the ones with like the valves? And so they, they turn valves to shut down the thing, and then they end up chaining themselves to the valve. Now, like, this, yeah. this video is from like five to eight years ago, so it's like this is them doing that kind of activism like eight years like a long time ago right but it just it showed cutesy videos of people shutting off pipelines and then chaining themselves to the pipeline hell yeah yep no problem here but uh and and like that's that's pretty much the interview there's there's nothing much to get into i don't really care i'm just like go franklin get get that bread (laughs) create that film uh i i don't really care right but I do want to say, Ezra begins the interview by uh, mentioning the David Suzuki thing about the pipelines mm-hmm. and being like this, like connecting it to Franklin by saying, 
the CBC just keeps funding all these anarchists that <laughs> want to destroy pipelines, okay? Hell yeah. If they, if they manage to get CBC money, go anarchists. But we, we already know uh, what David Suzuki said, but I, I do want to play what Ezra says in this episode and how he frames what Suzuki said, okay? You remember a few weeks ago when David Suzuki said that uh, there could or would or should be violence against pipelines. He wasn't very clear. The best part is David Suzuki and the quote doesn't use could, would, or should. Yeah. <laughs> All Suzuki said is there are going to be pipelines blown up if our leaders don't pay attention to what's going on. It's in yeah. the passive. It's not saying whether they could or they should or they would. <laughs> Fuck David Suzuki for walking back those comments because they were so bland. And also, like, from every single anecdote about him as a person that I've ever heard, he's really an asshole. But also, like, yeah, it's true. They're going to be. I mean, it, it, like, it was just a statement of fact. I, I, like, I have no clue why he would walk it back. Yeah. I mean, it would be like... I imagine, like... It, it, Listen, I don't agree with a statement like this, but you could say, I can imagine a right-winger saying something like, if we defund this state department apparatus, uh, terrorist bombings are going to increase or something, right? It's just well, a statement. But of not increase. <laughs> just going to happen. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. <laughs> if you name it literally anything, it's going to happen. No, I just, I, I love that. Should, yeah, like, would, it's not, it's not a, like... <laughs> god just so fucking disingenuous like and like in that and that's the thing like he has the reason why he has to be like should would could oh it's not clear is because he's he's purposefully trying to obfuscate what suzuki said like it is it is super clear what suzuki was saying it's not but like it still would be very easy for ezra to spin like oh they're going to be blown up or whatever like to his own angle but he can't, like, he just doesn't have an honest bone in his body to be able to quote someone accurately. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, he could try to quote him accurately and then spin it in the way that he wants. But instead, he's like, I can't even do that. I got to make him out to be more nefarious than I could even do with just the standard quote, you know? Yeah. So that was the 17th. And we move on to the 18th. And this is a, a boring day uh, where Ezra just goes over... So a lot of the same old ground regarding COVID restrictions and vaccine denial, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I skipped most of it. The only the only thing worth sort of like going over is he plays a comedian. I don't even remember the comedian's name. He's some like no-namer. Like, I don't even think Ezra gives the name. He's just like, I saw this comedian on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and in the video, the guy just goes like, I'm done with the pandemic. And... It's striking me, like, I'm seeing a lot of these videos lately, like, Barry Weiss was on Bill Maher, where both Bill Maher and her were like, oh, we're done with the pandemic. We're just done. As, and it's like this, like, segment of the population, usually this, like, upper class uh, type people who are just like, you know, I, I'm just done. And they think, like, that's all you have to do to end the pandemic is to just say, I'm done. And then it, like, magically goes away. Yeah. And uh, it's a very bizarre sentiment. <laughs> It's so funny because these are the types that were like work from home or like, you know, if not that, then like worked in an office type of thing and like weren't like 
Like, they haven't really, like, suffered at all beyond, like, maybe their social lives. And that's the only thing that they mean. Like, that's the only thing that will change by them being like, oh, it's over. Is like, yeah, I'm going to be able to go out for dinner more often. But it's a fucking... It's also fucking U.S., so you could do that throughout the whole pandemic anyways. Like, I just... I don't get it. Yeah, the only thing that I can think of is, like, what's motivating the I'm done attitude is that they want to no longer be reminded that a pandemic is happening, and they're just sick and tired of the friends that they still hang out with who are like, oh, be sure to wear your mask, or, like... (laughs) And so they're, like, done about the most minor of inconveniences. Meanwhile, it's like, I don't have the luxury of pretending that this is done. You know what I mean? Like, it... I have kids. I like. I have relatives that are immunocompromised. We're, we're not wealthy, so we can't just like. We have to go out in the world and work and do like. You know what I mean? It's it's. We don't have the luxury of just like being done, but still working from home because a lot of these people still use their Zoom calls and and still have Zoom meetings and get to like. And they also have the money to like afford healthcare if need be, or like the the drugs and and all that that prevent this shit. Yeah. And so, like, the fact that Ezra's playing into it now, but, like, look, I can agree with this comedian. Aren't we all just done with this pandemic? So that's that. And then we get into the interview segment of the 18th, and it's with Spencer Fernando, who is another one of the Canadian right-wing blog-writing people or whatever. And he's boring, so I don't like covering... Usually when he's on, he's he doesn't say anything that great, and we don't cover it anyways. And they're on to discuss how banks don't like the right-wing media. So this is about the whole, I guess, like, we didn't record a podcast about this, but over the winter break, Ezra couldn't get a loan from the RBC for a new rebel building that he wanted to purchase. And the reason given was because they do, like, political work, and uh, Royal Bank of Canada doesn't want to lend to, like, overtly political groups or something like this. So that's, that's sort of what they're having the conversation about. And it wasn't that interesting. But at one point, (laughs) when they're talking about how the mainstream media sucks, Spencer says something uh, rather silly that I want to share with you. So this is uh, what Spencer had to say. I'm not the first person to say it, but the media used to speak uh, truth to power, and now it speaks power to truth. I don't know what that means. I've... (laughs) I've played that clip now to myself several times, just waiting for it to sink in. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. And my other favorite favorite part about this is uh, he says, I'm not the first one to say this. So I'm like, who has said this before? (laughs) So I Googled it. And all I could find is that there's a, a... some uh at some country in Africa, I don't even remember which one, uh, there is a news channel called Power to Truth. And that usually pops up when I search it. But other than that, I could find every once in a while you get like a cleverly worded like academic article where they have power to truth in the title, but it has absolutely nothing to do about what like he's talking about. Yeah. So I'm like, no one has said this, Spencer. <laughs> People are saying it. I hear them on the streets every day. I want oh, to know. <laughs> the media used to used to speak truth to power, but now they're speaking power to truth. What a shame. How does one speak power to truth? First you get a generator, and you use your words to bridge 
from the electricity driven generated by your like diesel you know and it's got to be a gas powered generator and you use your words to bridge from that generator to truth and then boom next thing you know that truth's got power you fucking nailed it <laughs> yeah we done we we did the work spencer you're welcome yeah we got you we got your back <laughs> i just i can't fucking believe that I'm gonna use that now for like I'm gonna drop it into conversations. When uh, <laughs> you know they used to say, "Speak power to truth." Oh no, wait, truth to power. <laughs> I jumped the gun. I got right into it. I got too excited about the bit. <laughs> oh my god, I hate these people. <laughs> it's, it's so vapid and stupid. They're like, I bet you, like he walked away from that interview just being like, "Yeah, fu- I fucking did that." <laughs> I nailed it. <laughs> I powered that truth. Oh my god! So the next, the next little bit we're going to cover, uh, mostly has to do with the the Nazi question, which is, are is what's happening right now with the vaccine mandates and the lockdowns? Is this in fact a allegory or, or an illusion or a metaphor to what happened in the times of uh, Nazi Germany. And so Ezra receives a letter from a fan who asks him about this, and Ezra tries to clarify his point. So we're going to play the clip and see if Ezra has clarified whether or not this is, in fact, Nazi Germany happening. Garland 53 says liberals appear to be using the same tactic as the Nazis did by demonizing a group based on lies to mostly deflect from their own failures. Well, I mean, I think the Nazis demonized the Jews more than just to deflect from their failures. It was, um, it was, it was a more active thing. It wasn't a reactive thing. But I take your point. Yeah, the demonization of a minority, calling them unclean blaming them for your lack of health. I mean, uh, the Jews were blamed by the Nazis for typhus, and uh, they were compared to rats, not just physically, but in terms of a public health threat. You know, people say, oh, don't make comparisons to the Nazis. But I'm not comparing um, the lockdown to the death camps, but I'm comparing the, the psychological manipulation, the bullying, the segregation, the demonization. Um, the death camps didn't happen right away. The death camps came almost 10 years after Hitler first took power in 1933. We can observe the incremental way in which German civil liberties were destroyed, German democracy were destroyed. We can observe that and remark on the similarities. And especially when it comes to forcing people to get an ex- injection, um, f- taking away their informed consent, putting them under duress, that is one of the very specific lessons we learned from the Nazis in the doctor's trials, when the Nazi doctors were put on trial after the Holocaust. That's where our whole understanding of informed consent and medical ethics in the modern age came from. Uh, it was in reaction to the horrific experiments and things done to the concentration camp victims that we came up with our do not harm, our modern version of do not harm, that ancient Hippocratic oath. So yeah, it is absolutely fair to make a comparison to the Nazis on a spot basis. I sure hope that we don't go too far down that road, but so far no one's really pumping the brakes, are they? Is it clear, are we are we Nazi Germany? Are we on the way there? Um, I'm not sure, but I can tell you Trudeau's Hitler. 
I love like for for one with the informed conf- consent like bit there. I tried looking up like the history of informed consent to see like if what he is saying is accurate here. And like my sense of it, of course, I didn't do like an exhaustive like research on it, but like he's sort of like unknowingly hit on it himself, which is that like it goes back to a lot of like the Hippocratic Oath stuff, and that was like developing over long periods of time like it wasn't like we weren't thinking about any type of informed consent until like the 1940s and then everyone was like oh you see what the nazis did let's uh let's ask people before we treat them (laughs) uh so it's not quite there i'm sure like the like modern day conception of like consent some of what happened during the holocaust probably played some role in shaping ideas like that's true but like it's it's not the entire picture obviously (laughs) yeah no and i'm sure you did more research than ezra did so now like the other part of it is like the whole like i like how he's like the, the psychology today is the same as the Nazis. And like that part frustrates me because it's, do you find like, I find like what Ezra says, some of this stuff, he, he uses like very superficial features of like demonization as mm-hmm. like the markers for what makes like fascism or in this case, like the Nazis where it's like it wasn't just demonization like almost every society fucking in existence has demonized something or other right it's like it's more than just the demonization that makes it fascist you know and like those are the things that ezra never touches on which is like you couldn't in this example because if you get into like what the nazis actually thought about humankind and what that means it doesn't at all apply to our current situation (laughs) you know in terms of like the the vaccine mandates and whatnot yeah no and like the very obvious difference is that one is about immutable characteristics that the nazis believed every person of jewish descent had regardless of like you know there was nothing that they could do to change that about themselves anti-vaxxers could get vaccinated <laughs> get, get a little bit of a needle in their arm and oh boy gonna be sore for a day or two maybe need a band-aid and that's it like you know it it's just such a very like a vast difference but even like i want to if if we had the opportunity to interrogate ezra on this point like he would definitely concede that it's all right to demonize certain people he demonizes muslims constantly Mm -hmm. constantly and so it's like he probably would be like oh but we're justified in demonizing them for blah 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 but then by going through that path he's now behaving like the nazis (laughs) I like saying you're justified because there's some essential characteristics to like an ethnic group you know yeah. a religious ethnic group which is what what happened with the the jews you know so it's like that that is the f- fascistic tendency it's not purely the act of demonization where it's like yeah sometimes it's okay to have enemies i demonize nazis and i think that that's okay <laughs> jody yeah <laughs> don't you know the anti-fascists 
are the real fascists. Oh, no. Because <laughs> they dislike people, and that's the hallmark of fascism. You're right. How, how could I have been so naive? Yeah. That was on... That ended the 18th. We get to the 19th. The f- main segment was really silly. It was like, I guess a Chinese state media company wants into the Canadian press gallery and Ezra is just like mad about it because Rebel News is not allowed and uh, that's it. <laughs> then then we get to the interview segment and it's uh, Lewis Brackpool who's the, I guess their new UK employee who I call uh, Discount Paul Joseph Watson. He's on to be like, oh, look, uh, Boris lifted the federal mask mandate in the UK. So now no one has to wear masks in the UK. Isn't it great? Uh, But then they go on to say, yeah, but it's not far enough because they shouldn't just uh, they shouldn't just uh, have no mask mandate. They should actively mandate that you block other people from having mask mandates. So like block the school boards from implementing their own mask mask mandates or blocking the mayors of like London or any other city to stop them from putting in mask mandates, right? So they need to do like the Ron DeSantis line of like making sure that no other group implements a mask mandate. You gotta be proactive about it. Gotta burn every mask in the country. Yeah. And then, so that's that's the only interesting thing about that segment. Uh, I, I don't really care. Like, I heard, like, Boris is doing this largely because his poll numbers are going down, so he, he thought this would be a way to bump them or something. I, I have no fucking clue. Yeah. And then, of course, they want to be like Ron DeSantis. That doesn't surprise me one bit. However, we then get to the mailbag segment again, and Ezra's audience is just really interested in comparing liberals to Nazis. Oh, my God. Perseus 09 says, here again is proof that the liberals have taken a page out of Nazi history and are applying to our society today. Didn't start with the gas chambers. It started with one party controlling the media, one party controlling the message, one deciding what is truth, one party censoring speech and silencing opposition, one party dividing citizens into us and them and calling on their supporters to harass them. It started with good people turning a blind eye and letting it happen. This video proves that history is repeating itself. The liberals have done everything mentioned in the above statement. I think we can truthfully now say that the liberals are the neo-Nazis of Canada. Well, I'm I'm not going to go all the way there because there are certain things that the Nazis did that the Canadian government is doing, things that the Nazis did in the early days, the demonization, the censorship, the whipping people up, the calling people dirty and unclean. But, of course, we can't go the full distance because, thank God, they haven't gone to the death camps and to murder and things of that sort. But there is a lot of intimidation. And there is a lot of pressure. Uh, but I, I wouldn't go so far as to say that they're neo-Nazis or, or Nazis of the uh, old variety. But I want to show you a video clip from Quebec TV that I saw today that uh, makes me afraid because one of the tricks of the Nazis, and indeed the Soviets too, the Soviets had their young pioneers. The Nazis had their Hitler Jugend which was their, basically the Hitler Youth is what that translates into directly. Look at this video <laughs> from Quebec TV. And these are children. Children can be taught to say anything. Children um, basically repeat what their parents or teachers say. Look at these children and what they've been taught to say. So just to immediately go off of that, all the video was, and I cut it out because like, it's just a bunch of kids speaking French, which, you know, cool, whatever. 
But all they say is they're like, we love our vaccines. <laughs> that's that's we it. Love Hitler being Youth. healthy and not dying. <laughs> Hitler Youth. Hmm. It's the Hitler Youth just to be like, I love being vaccinated. Hooray. <laughs> god i just it's weird to me like he he's aware he can't go like all the way he's got to be like okay we don't have death camps yet so (laughs) but i like implied in his message is that like there's something about our current demonization which means death camps later but Mm -hmm. like why would death camps be an extension of wanting people to get vaccinated well, Jody, you see, vaccines help people to live, and if you don't want to be vaccinated, then obviously you want to die anyways. <laughs> so the government is just going to speed things along. I, yeah, just like, that is literally the only kind of justification I can think of. And it's so fucking ridiculous, like... Even if, like, I could think of, like, maybe, like, a nefarious scheme. And, like, I'm not, like, supporting this. But, like, the idea being, like, you know, if you truly want to prevent anti-vaxxers from spreading disease, if they're dead, they can't spread the disease, right? Like, some some weird, like, thinking like that. But I guarantee you, if the government currently, if the liberal government started doing that... There would be fun, like, you think there's riots now, like, people would, like, shit their pants, like, it would be like, and, and rightfully so, because I think that is crossing a line. <laughs> oh, Jody, Jody's standing up for the anti-vaxxers. <laughs> but it's like. Jody's picked a side in the vaccine wars. <laughs> it's just like, if you take what he's saying to its logical conclusion, it just shows yeah. you how fucking absurd what he's suggesting is, you know, it's like. No one is going to do that with, like, anti-vaxxers. Like, that's just because you call them unclean because, yes, they've decided they would rather spread a disease than prevent it. uh, Doesn't automatically mean because there's that analogy with the Jews that somehow this is like the Holocaust. So, so stupid. Yeah. And from a Jewish person, like, (laughs) this is the thing. Like, the, the Holocaust should be... Something more than the way that he trivializes it all the fucking time on his show. Like, how many times have we gone over this? Like, he constantly does this. Yeah, no, it's been pretty frequent. And just, like, always over something that is nothing. Yeah, and and here's the thing is, this is two days in a row where it's his audience members bringing it up. So, like, they're, like, it's a feedback loop. They're, they're, they're feeding into each other here. So, anyways, I thought that was interesting. That's enough with the... Uh... <laughs> That's the end of the Nazi portion of this week's show. Great. Can't wait for next week. (laughs) So now we're on to uh, January 20th. And this one has, uh, I guess, a lot more to do with more recent events involving Russia and Ukraine. It it starts off, I want to bring this up again, only because, again, it's weird that Ezra has never talked about Joe Rogan before. But Joe Rogan opens up uh, this episode by playing joe rogan cracking a joke about ha 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 joe biden is old and uh that's got him (laughs) so uh there you have it uh old old sleepy joe you know the reason why they're talking about russia and ukraine and joe biden's response is because joe biden i guess this week 
or this past week did a full hour like press briefing thing that I guess is like the longest a president has ever done one or whatever. It's like this weird thing. And so surprisingly, given Biden's age, it wasn't as gaff filled as they always keep like saying. Uh, but they, of course, still want to be like, you know, he flubbed a few words here and there. So clearly this is a sign of like Joe Biden has dementia and like clearly isn't calling the shots like all that nonsense right god which like granted the guy's fucking old like i'm not gonna say that yeah, there no, is like, no cognitive decline it's just they exaggerate it to a point where it's like anyone watching would know that he's not as cognitively declined as they keep framing him as if that makes sense no it's very much like the democrat media for like four or five years was just like so obsessed with trump and like anytime that he like you know, flubbed a word, they would go after it, and then, like, the right wing has just been like, oh, wow, it's a Democrat in power now. It's our turn to do this exact same thing. Like, it's just all, like, needless, like, spectacular politics of, like, oh, wow, look at this. Not about, like, anything that's actually happening in the world. It's just literally the appearances. Yeah, they, I, I wonder if they're gonna fucking talk about it uh, this upcoming week, but like there was the recent Joe Biden saying son of a bitch, and there was a similar aspect of that uh, on the liberal left portion of like the internet that was like, yeah, Joe Biden called that Republican reporter a son of a bitch. And like they were so into it. And again, it's like one of these things where like part of me like, you know, I have I have I have some uh, jovility within me still. And so like I chuckle at that. But it's like, yeah. it still is like, like, as you were calling it, it's like the spectacle. It's like, this really means absolutely nothing, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, American politics would be so much better if it were like pretty much every other parliamentary system in the world, besides, I guess, Canada's as well, where like fist fighting on the floor <laughs> happens fairly frequently. Like, if you look at like parliamentary histories of like, like, if you just look at, like, legislatures in, like, any country, there's not a week that goes by that somebody's not, like, fist fighting. Like, I was reading something about Iraq the other, like, week, and it was just, like, they haven't been able to successfully form a coalition for to form, like, a, a government yet. And the last session devolved into fist fighting on the floor, and then they just had to be like, okay, we're done for the day, <laughs> because they couldn't stop fighting physically. <laughs> I was I was reading something where it's in I think it's in Taiwan, uh, where they, their parliament is very much just all fist fighting. Like they, they even like yeah. it's actually like part of the government. Like if you're not fist fighting, then it's like a show of weakness or something. <laughs> bring back duels. Bring back you know like, but only for politicians, and right. they can only duel yeah. each other. Like true. Yeah, and we'll just constantly have election seasons going all the time because politicians keep dying in duels. And then that's a great way to get rid of the shitty ones. I've, I've often said, like, this is, like, totally not feasible, but, like, an element where I'm like, it should be that, like, if you run for politics and you get elected, you serve out your term for, like, four years or whatever it is, and then at the end of your four-year term, you get executed. <laughs> and, and part of that is because it's like then the only people that would run are the people who really cared about getting something done specifically knowing that it'll be the last thing you get to do before you go out you know and you'll have no legacy so like you won't be able to like 
you know what I mean? Like keep going and build a career and like do all the other shit. You'll just one and done. You did the thing that you wanted to get done. You thought it would improve humanity and now you're out. (laughs) See, we should do that. I think with Twitter polls. Um, (laughs) What? Anyone who creates the Twitter poll gets executed immediately. (laughs) That and also uh, whoever loses in the Twitter poll. (laughs) Oh my God. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? If we're gonna, if this is the society we're creating. Let's uh, let's go all in. You know. Or like the the better alternative, of course, is to like look at what is happening in northeastern eastern Syria and Rojava, where it's like, it's more like jury duty. What Twitter? <laughs> where <polls? laughs> like, no, like, like legislature and like local okay. councils and whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's like your name gets pulled from a hat. And it's like, oh fuck, I gotta do this for a year now. <laughs> No, I and, like that. But it, yeah. yeah, no, it's really good because it makes people like actually one invested in their local politics, and it also like makes sure that like you know even if you know if Turkey invades again, if Syria invades again, if the U.S., if Iraq, if Iran, like fucking anybody invades, they'll still like you know, and the local council gets entirely wiped out. It won't mean that like that institutional knowledge is lost. Cause because other people have sat on it already. They know how it functions. Like Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's like actually a just like community council rather than that is actually also representative of the people living within the community. Um, See, anyways, that, this sounds, has been no, that sounds incredible. Like that sounds great. Yeah, no, it sounds awesome. Um, but this has been uh, our sidetrack of... <laughs> The episode. I mean, it's not. It's not entirely a sidetrack. Anyway, like, well, like, so this episode, even the so the main segment, and then Ezra has Joel Pollock on, uh, you know, Breitbart editor, clowns, you know, uh, they're both going to talk about this Biden press thing, and there are two main issues with things that Biden said during the press briefing. The first one is, I guess, there was this thing about voter fraud so like one of the reporters asked joe biden if he would accept like future election results and they're claiming biden is being a hypocrite because he didn't just say yes 100 percent, i'm going to accept all like election results which is what they claim the media was like demanding of trump or whatever right yeah now the reason why Biden is not committing has to do with the fact that Republican legislatures are trying to, like, fuck with the vote. And we know this is happening. And it puts us, like, in a very... It puts Biden and it puts, like, everyone else in a weird position, too. Because the whole time we were going, well, Trump was lying about voter fraud before. And about mm-hmm. how it wasn't uh, safe and effective or there was fraud and all this stuff. So he was lying about it. But now they're actively trying to dismantle it. So when you come out going, hey, this ain't good. How can we trust the vote? Now they're going, oh, you're a hypocrite. Or it's like, like I don't know. <laughs> There's some justification now. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I don't know what the answer here is. Because like, I do realize like optically it looks weird for Biden to like do something like that. But at the same time, the Republicans are trying to undermine the ballot. So like, I don't know. Yeah. So, anyways, they called Biden a hypocrite. That's how that went. And then they get into, like, uh, the Internet's favorite topic, which is about... I, w- I was going to, like, make a point and go, the Ukraine. 
but uh, Ukraine and Russia, yes. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, some parties are really uh, striving for some sort of uh, action between these two countries. <laughs> you know, like a war or something. So everyone's been speculating things might happen. And the angle that Pollock and Ezra are coming with this in lieu of this Biden uh, press briefing is that I guess at some point Biden was like, we don't know how we're going to react. Like it's going to be contingent on like what Russia does. Like if it's like a minor incursion, maybe we won't do anything if it's a major, like, you know what I mean? Like Biden was like doing some dance and then, and you know, like, like it probably does. Like when the president says something, have some like geopolitical effects. But of course, they're all speculating that this is Biden is is a weak leader, and uh, if only we had Trump in there to be unpredictable, that somehow magically. <laughs> that this is my favorite point. Like the only thing that they could point to of Trump doing a good job in foreign policy is that you can't predict him. He's a loose cannon. <laughs> Other can- other countries are on their toes constantly. They just can't figure them out. So, like... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> sure, I guess. Like... Oh, my God. They also argue uh, that the problem with Biden is that, unlike Trump, Biden engages in diplomacy. <laughs> And then Joe Pollock goes on to call diplomacy in action. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I, I don't, hate this. <laughs> I don't even know how to like interpret that. In part because I, I'll, I'll jump to the end of this, but like Ezra, Ezra, ironically, kind of lands where I am in this. So his his final conclusion is just that. He doesn't want Russia to invade Ukraine, but also doesn't want uh, to go to war with Russia either. And so you're left in this position of like, almost like I feel like I'm in this like, uh, what is it? Like just a a sort of, uh, I have no thoughts on the matter because like it's completely outside of my control. I'd rather Russia not, but if Russia does, it kind of happens and I don't like we probably shouldn't get involved in that. That sounds like a bad idea. But like, <laughs> so it's like, you're just sort of like there, you know, like, I don't know what else to say. And it's somewhat uh, so like Ezra's in the same boat. He doesn't say much beyond that. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. It's just like, we should withdraw from NATO and bar well, that, that we, should, <laughs> we should just be like, don't let Ukraine join NATO. Problem solved. That's what Russia's up in arms about. They didn't, yeah. They didn't like, talk much about NATO, surprisingly, so... Uh, but yeah, like, I, I, I'm in the same boat with you about the whole NATO thing. Like, Yeah. Yeah. And I also, like, you know, they, they, like, didn't even talk about any of this stuff, but, like, you know, I don't think the Canadian government should be uh, giving arms to, like, neo-Nazi patrols in the Ukraine either, so it's like... Everything about this just sucks, but like they barely talk on it. I just thought it was kind of interesting to to wrap all that up with the fact that Ezra sort of lands in a similar spot with us, just in terms of like, there's nothing really we can do. And like every result of this seems kind of shitty. 
Unless, yep. except for the end result, if like both of them do nothing and it all just goes away, <laughs> that would be the best result. But that sort of is out of our control. I think we should send in some of those comments from the like viewers uh, asking Ezra's opinion on the Azov Battalion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't even think his audience would have like that deep of any knowledge about uh, geopolitics, but. I don't know. I'm sure there's a couple hardcore. Well, yes, okay. Fair enough. (laughs) Fair enough. But anyways, not to speculate about uh, neo-Nazis anymore. We've now moved on to January 21st. And uh, this was the only COVID story that was worth covering. I'm going to have to do just a bit of like reading at some point, only just to to be very precise in what's going on here, because I don't want to mislead people in the ways that uh, Ezra likes to casually mislead people. But Ezra wants to talk about a CDC report, which he claims shows that natural immunity is stronger than the vaccine. And then he further goes on to complain that even though this CDC report shows that natural immunity is stronger than the vaccine, that they're still recommending vaccines. How could they do this, right? So I'll play the clip where Ezra is going to read, he's gonna read like a summary of the CDC report, which basically says kind of what I just said uh, about the natural immunity thing. Yeah. And then he's gonna go from that to like go on a long rant uh, about the vaccines and stuff like this. But this will be the framing just to, to sort of get like his views and how he's reacting to this uh, study that came out. Now, it's obviously a study full of scientific terminology, but they have an official summary in plain English. I'm going to read three lines slowly. Ready? During May to November 2021, case and hospitalization rates were highest among persons who were unvaccinated without a previous diagnosis. Before Delta became the predominant variant in June, case rates were higher among persons who survived a previous infection than persons who were vaccinated alone. By early October, persons who survived a previous infection had lower case rates than persons who were vaccinated alone. Okay, did you understand that? It used to be, says the CDC, that people were un, who were unvaccinated and who didn't have COVID um, had a higher rate of infection and hospitalization, but then the new variant made its debut, um, Delta, and if you had natural immunity from that, or as they put it, if you survived a previous infection, you were actually less likely to get the virus after that than someone who was vaccinated. I I think I'm explaining what they said. I read you their plain text. Now, I think that sounds obvious, but it's quite an admission from the CDC. In fact, immediately they jumped on their own study with this statement. They said, although the epidemiology of COVID-19 might change as new variants emerge, Vaccination remains the safest strategy for averting future SARS-CoV-2 infections, hospitalizations, long-term sequelae, and death. Primary vaccination, additional doses, and booster doses are recommended for all eligible persons. Additional future recommendations for vaccine doses might be warranted as the virus and immunity levels change. (laughs) Okay, got it. So you just literally reported 
that once people were sick from the Delta and then had natural immunity, they actually do better than people with the vax only. But you're still recommending vaccinations, additional doses, boosters, et cetera, ad infinitum. You just told us natural immunity, people who recovered from Delta, was strong. But you just can't stop serving your political masters. Pitiful. This is what I mean by you can't trust the CDC. So there's a lot there. <laughs> and I'll, I'll unpack it. But I noticed like the claim there that like he's claiming that this study shows that uh, natural immunity is stronger and th therefore they shouldn't be recommending vaccines. I, I guess like Ezra doesn't like fully spell this out, but like it sounds like he's saying we should recommend natural immunity as opposed to vaccines or like if if what we want is a stronger immunity, that's like what we should go for. Yeah. I also want to say, I hate at the end there when he, he says the stuff about, like, the CDC and how, like, this is why you can't trust the CDC. And, like, it really annoys me that they get to, like, uh, the way I could describe it is, like, double dip, which is that they get to use the data that the CDC release to, uh, to show that, like, see, the CDC data says natural immunity is better than, like, the vaccine. And yet then they still at the end get to go, yeah, but you still can't trust the CDC. <laughs> God. It's like, what is it? Either either the CD, like you would think that if the CDC really was like this deep state thing, like couldn't they just make up the fucking data? Like why do they need to like, they'll give you the, the truth in the data and then somehow like walk it back in the discussion section and then that's how like, that's how the deep state works. Like, I <laughs> And like, again, like removed from the context of like the CDC phrasing had it as surviving previous infection because many people don't survive the first infection like that's why the vaccines are important amazingly is because if you die from getting infected or are severely harmed by long covid or like other health complications that arise from it, that is worse than getting a little ouchie in your arm. Are you telling me that you can't get greater immunity if you're dead? <laughs> mm, I don't know. I think you have pretty maximum immunity to most things then, actually. You're immune to life! Yeah. Uh, you're immune to every disease at that point. Like, it's not going to hurt you anymore. <laughs> That, that is really one of the most important takeaways. Uh, there is more to this, though. In part because... So Ezra is... I want to describe it as partially right about the conclusions. Mm -hmm. And of course, he's misleading his audience as to the reasons why it's still important to get vaccinated. So he's obviously trying to sell that it's not important to get vaccinated. Uh, this study shows that uh, natural immunity is all you need, basically. But you you pointed out what I, I think ultimately is the, the greatest flaw in this brilliant take of this uh, result. But we will, we will unpack the, the rest of the study here. So this report tracked four cohorts of people over the age of 18. So these were people who were either vaccinated or unvaccinated and whether or not they had previous COVID-19 infections. So you could be vaccinated, but no previous case, vaccinated, but you had a previous case and unvaccinated in the same, right? So you have these mm -hmm. four categories. 
Now, to count as having a previous COVID-19 infection, the study included only those who had a laboratory-confirmed COVID-19 infection. So again, this is not your rapid tests. This was the, you know, the swab in your nose, they send it to a lab thing. Yeah. And you had to have the, the positive result by March 1st, 2021. And they excluded anyone who had a positive infection between March 1st and May 30th. So the idea was they were going to start tracking after May 30th. So if you were infected before March 1st, so you tested positive before March 1st, then there was like that gap where they make sure that you didn't get an infection. And then they track you from May 30th onward to see when or if you get infected again. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, to count as being vaccinated, they included those who had both shots of an mRNA vaccine or the one shot of the J&J. So this was like considered like the vaccine potential like back then. Like that's this is what it meant to be fully vaccinated when this study was uh, initially being conducted. Right. And you had to have that before May 16th. And so May 16th, that gives you two weeks to May 30th. So then again, at May 30th. They get to see to what extent, if you had your vaccine, how effective or not effective it was, right? So this this is sort of like the setup of how the study is. So what they found was that in the first months of their study, starting in uh, June, those who had the vaccine were less likely to be infected and or be hospitalized compared to those who were unvaccinated. So that is the result that you that you would think the vaccine is more effective than not having the vaccine, no matter what, like no matter if you were infected before or not. Okay. It's just more effective. However, by the time the Delta became the dominant strain, those with a previous infection, whether they were vaccinated or not, according to this study, were slightly less likely to be infected than those who were vaccinated, but did not have a previous infection. So this means it shows that previous infection was like better than just having a vaccine, but not being infected beforehand. Yeah. Those who were vaccinated but uh, did have a previous infection beforehand, it was like kind of like equal, right? So this is what Ezra describes as natural immunity being better or stronger than the vaccines. Because if you were just previously infected and you didn't have a vaccine, you had greater or better coverage, but only slightly, okay, based on the parameters of this test. Now, it's worth pointing out, and this is just a silly thing that I note on the side, that even uh, Ezra mentions in the clip that we just played, that the data shows that before Delta, vaccines indeed were better than natural immunity, even though Ezra was against the vaccines back then and also promoted the idea of natural immunity back then. Mm-hmm. So the- <laughs> Now, of course, like I, I guess like he is going to live with the idea that his audience isn't going to catch on to that. But he basically just let that out of the bag, where it's like, all that time, way back when, when I was saying vaccines don't work and natural immunity is fine, uh, it was clear the vaccines worked and were better than natural immunity. But of course, he doesn't like dig into that at all. Yeah. So there are a few caveats to this data that are a little inconvenient to Ezra's narrative that natural immunity is stronger or more effective. Since the study only counted people who were vaccinated by May 16th, the results of the study could be showing the waning effects of the vaccine rather than the power of natural immunity against Delta. 
So it's possible that those who received a vaccine during the peak of Delta and who were not captured by this study were more protected shortly after getting the shot than those with previous infections. But these, well, I'll call them late vaxxed individuals, were not counted in the data. So it's like you don't get to see that effect, right? Yeah. It's also worth highlighting that this study was before Omicron. So as new variants emerge, things will continue to change in terms of vaccines and their effectiveness and all that fun stuff. So like even appealing to the study is, is kind of silly. <laughs> and this, this study was also before we were giving out mRNA booster shots. And I think it's worth pointing out here that new CDC data is coming out showing that mRNA boosters are 90% effective at preventing hospitalization with Omicron. So yeah. get your booster is, <laughs> is basically the conclusion there. They work, they're effective. Uh, get the booster. Yeah. And the other thing is like the length of immunity from infection versus vaccine as well, which like I don't, I haven't read this study or whatever but like everything i've read or heard of places like infections immunity at like a month or two versus like the three to six months or whatever of a vaccine as well so it's like those are also hugely different numbers so in this study it did show because some of these infections well even the vaccines like they were occurring way before the start period at May 30th, and then they tracked mm. them from May 30th to, to November. So it, it's clear that the getting the infection seemed to have more of a lasting effect than the vaccine when it comes to Delta, right? Yeah. But uh, beyond that, there's not much more than, than you could say because you, you Omicron's a new thing. It's different, just like the original variation was different, right? So... But compared to Delta, it seemed, uh, based on this study, I could be wrong. I'm not a scientist, but I would think that it showed that uh, uh, getting the infection uh, lasted longer than, than the vaccine. But okay. I also don't know if, like, getting the booster, topping it off, does that, like, extend it beyond, like, again, new information is new information. And if the study's not looking at it, there's not, <laughs> there's not much you can conclude, right? Mm-hmm. Another huge caveat is that the study did not include the severity of initial infection. So it's possible that those who were more likely to get a laboratory-confirmed infection were those who were experiencing more severe symptoms of the disease, since those who are asymptomatic may not even realize they have been infected, and therefore they don't go and get tested. It's possible that having severe symptoms is more likely to increase antibodies, and so it's likely that any effect of natural immunity in this study is the result of having severe COVID-19 symptoms. The impression that Ezra leaves his audience with is that anyone who tests positive for COVID-19 is going to be more protected from the virus than those who are vaccinated, which is not actually in the data. And this is also dangerous, considering that rapid tests are now more prevalent and widely available. So even those who have mild to no symptoms could start to believe they have natural immunity based on a positive result on a rapid test if they listen to what Ezra is telling them in this clip. Wonderful. Like the Denmark study two weeks ago, the bias, uh, this bias in the data is actually listed by the authors in the study as a limitation on the data. Although this time Ezra conveniently ignores this. But even if he, uh, 
misread it or didn't understand it or whatever. He could uh, do what he did with the Denmark study if I brought this up to him and say, oh, they're just trying to undermine their own data to appease the deep state vaccine peddlers and all the bullshit he tried to pull at the end of this clip too. Yeah. Although, as we mentioned then, this is what scientists do. It, like, they always acknowledge the limitations of their data. That's just, it's not undermining anything. It's literally a part of, uh, of doing science. So, and of course, the more important reason, the most important reason why natural immunity is a ridiculous fucking strategy on its face is what Vienno has already brought up, which is that those who were not vaccinated and not previously infected were way more likely to get COVID, be hospitalized, and die. In other words, even if natural immunity was stronger, as Ezra puts it, which even by the data, uh, it's only slightly better than being vaccinated alone, you would still need to take a greater risk <laughs> of being hospitalized and dying in order to get that stronger immunity when you could just get vaccinated and not risk dying. <laughs> Like, it's so frustrating and stupid. Now, like, the only the only thing that I can think that Ezra could say back to that is, well, what about people who just, you know, were, were slightly hesitant before, got infected, and turned out fine, so why would we get them vaccinated or whatever? And it's for the same reason, like, the Omicron has changed. All these, like, for him to, like, make that argument, you have to keep on providing the information that natural immunity is better. And as far as I can tell, uh, there's no evidence to that. In fact, getting mm -hmm. the booster seems more effective than getting Omicron. So, uh, so yeah, it's bullshit all the way down. But it, it, the thing that annoyed me about this was the media reporting of this CDC study was really terrible. Like, before when he talked about the Denmark study, there was at least a few people who were doing, like fact check media bias like here's what dorky people on the internet were saying wrong about this study right you had none of this with this it seemed like like msnbc cnn they were all reporting that like cdc showed that natural immunity was better uh and then like if you read the articles sometimes they would get into like little points here and there but like it's clear when you read the data that like there is limitations to this it's not it's not quite as clear-cut as saying that somehow during Delta, natural immunity was better. So, shame to everyone involved in this one. <laughs> Woohoo. And for the love of God, go get your booster. Like, what is wrong with you? Just, I'm fine. I got it done. I was out a couple days, and now I'm, I'm at 100%. I feel great. And, uh, you know... Listen, I'll book it soon. Well, you're you're a different case. That's <laughs> you were told. I already to. got the yeah. natural immunity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, Vienno unintentionally required the natural immunity. So, <laughs> I guess like I, I I haven't kept up on it, but I guess the government was saying if you got infected, you have to wait a bit before you go get the the booster or something like that. But yeah, yeah, that's what they were. That's what the CDC was saying. So, you know, who knows how trustworthy that is. But also, like, all of my coworkers are just getting their boosters, like, around now anyways. So, regardless, I would have had to wait yeah, until around now to get it. So it's kind of a, like, okay. Yeah, we, we kept trying to bump it up just because we knew uh, our son was eventually going to be told he had to go to school. And so... And so we were like, well, 
better protect ourselves and that's that's what we did so yeah but uh but yeah go do it i guess the the last thing to talk about is uh the interview segment uh on the show on the 21st after this uh, annoying covid story uh ezra interviews mocha to because they're sending mocha who's a rebel news employee they're sending him on the truck convoy to film a documentary i guess is how ezra was was stating it Mm-hmm. And the reason why, so this was before the convoy had begun, because I guess the convoy started the weekend after this interview, and this was the Friday show. They're they're interviewing Mocha so that they could promote their own sort of like crowdfunding thing. So I guess there was like this trucker GoFundMe, and they've almost gotten like five million dollars worth of donations to this fucking GoFundMe for these truckers. Who are like mad at they're mad at COVID mandates and so they're trucking across the from BC to Ottawa or whatever. And they raised close to five million dollars. And GoFundMe put out a statement recently saying that they're not allowed to have access to that money unless they come up with a plan for how it's gonna be distributed. Wonderful. And so it's it's not That's clear. so good. Yeah. It's not clear whether they're gonna get the money or how that's all gonna work. But Yeah. But they talk about the GoFundMe, and then Ezra's like, we're going to have our own GoFundMe. Well, it's not GoFundMe. They're just crowdsourcing within Rebel to, to pay yeah. for Mocha, to stay at hotels, and for the gas. And they're going to get Mocha a truck. So not, not like one of the rigs, but like, you know, a flatbed. Yeah, yeah. Just so, like, he could fit in, you know? He could, oh Mocha's going to be on the road. <laughs> Mocha, our little special boy, is going to get his own little baby truck. <laughs> And so the, the only other thing, so they leave it off by saying that they want to send Mocha out there because, and to make this documentary, because they're worried that like Trudeau and the liberals and the CBC media, the media party, they're going to make it out so that the truckers are racist. And we're going to tell the other side of that story. Like they're not racists, right? And Part of me thinks like that's why they sent Mocha out of all their staff to be like you know, add add a little color <laughs> to to our reporting so to be like, see they're not racist. Mocha was there, you know. I mean, they didn't send Drea. No. <laughs> True. And like she's already on the west coast, which is where this started. They had to fly Mocha out, or probably drive Mocha out because I doubt he can get on a plane. No, have why? Yeah, I don't know. Well, vaccine rules. Unless Mocha's vaccinated. Yep, I don't know. Um, yeah, like, it's just, I don't know. It's so... Yeah, it's silly. I mean, the funny thing, too, and th- this is just, like, an extension of the right wing being in close contact with racists. Like, that that's just how it is, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. That, like, there are racist elements already involved with this. The, like, that asshole from uh, just outside of London who was, like, one of the dude's friends who, like, threw rocks at the prime minister when Justin Trudeau came to town uh, during the campaign. Yeah. Uh, that, I think it was Canada First was the name of their group. They're, like, mm-hmm. America First, Nick Fuentes, like, the Groypers, neo-Nazi assholes. He's already been, like, messaging that he's going to be there in Ottawa on January 29th and all this fun stuff. So... 
the neo Wonderful. the neo Nazi contingent has already signaled their approval of this event and are hoping to attend it. So even if Ezra, like Ezra, clearly knows that like racist contingents are going to be attached to this movement automatically right away. Yeah, because I would argue Ezra himself is a racist, <laughs> but they of course want to like get out ahead of it and be like, see, we're not racist. We're gonna tell the other side where we're just a bunch of law-abiding, truck-nuts-loving yokels ready to, to save the day. Look, we, look, we have diverse <laughs> truck nuts. <laughs> so we, I, don't, I don't know if we're going to have anything to report next week on this or whether it's going to be two weeks from now. But I will say I've talked to somebody who, as far as I'm aware, they're going to try to attend or, or be there on Ottawa uh, or in Ottawa on the 29th. So this upcoming weekend. And uh, I don't know if we're going to have them on the show immediately after that weekend, or maybe we'll wait a week till we get like Rebels coverage of that, if we get Rebels coverage of that. But I think <laughs> we're going to have someone on the show that we will chat with who's going to fill us in on the, uh, the trucker convoy to Ottawa, January 29th. And then uh, should be fun. Or terrifying, depending on how, <laughs> depending on how it turns out, right? Yeah, yeah, one of those. Yeah. <laughs> those are the only options these days. So, uh, read Jason E. Smith's piece in Brooklyn Rail titled uh, Strike Tober and Labor's Long Downturn. Uh, it's just a good article about labor politics and how Strike Tober actually wasn't that big of a resurgence even compared to 2018 and 2019. Um, also, it's just like a good article and we read it on stream. Um, Yesterday, yeah. Wow. Yesterday, My as of recording, time is wonderful. So yeah, yeah. We, and um, it was tons of fun too. I really enjoyed it. It was a great article. Yeah, no, it was a good article. And so, you know, if you follow us on YouTube, then like eventually, us reading it will be on there. And if you don't feel like reading it, then we can just read it to you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, good article to read. Uh, I don't have anything money-wise like donations or anything like that. I haven't really seen anything new pop up. Uh but treat yourself. Yeah. Order yeah. order some ice cream or something, you know? Have have or, a you day. <laughs> or give us some money. We could use some money. True. It, I mean, if you support and enjoy what you've heard so far, <laughs> please give us a few bucks over on patreon.com/imperialnews. If you want to stay informed about what we're doing, you can also find us on Twitter at Imperial News with a Z. We have a Discord set up. We do Twitch streams every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find clips on our YouTube channel, and all those links can be found in the show notes of the episode. Lastly, you can email us any questions at imperial.fake.news at gmail.com. Special thanks to my friend Mason Tickle for the transition beats. You can find his work at striatom.bandcamp.com. Thank you for listening. And speaking power to truth, you canceled. <laughs> <laughs>
Albumbia, Albumbia, how lovely are your wheat fields.